Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How have you been? I'm good. I've been good. Very busy, as always, it feels like. But um, Don't you think this month has gone really quickly and it's like ramped up a load? Yeah, and I always say it's because it's February and February is shorter, but actually there's only one day less than normal months this year. So I don't really feel like that's an argument that I can use. But um, also, we did only record the last episode a week ago, so I feel like it feels as if more has happened, but actually it's just been a shorter time. That's true. And I feel like as well this week, you know when you just notice that turn and suddenly you can leave work when it's light and when I get to the station in the morning it's light like I'm not walking to work in the dark anymore and it feels like we've really turned a corner I'm very excited about it but it means it feels like the month's gone quicker oh I miss that feeling I'll send you updates don't worry (laughs) I mean I'm gonna have it going the opposite way although it doesn't get as dark early here as it does in the UK I think that doesn't it no because it's not as far south as the UK is north I think that's how it works. But the late, the earliest it gets dark is about 5pm. So oh, that is nice. Not too bad. But what have you been up to? Uh, not a lot this week. It's been very busy. Had some exciting news work-wise for Alex. So we're celebrating this weekend. Got dinners planned and stuff like that. So that's really nice. But this week has just felt a bit like a whirlwind to me, really. Um yeah so it's been like it's quite nice like sit down and record the podcast again because it's something really nice to focus on and something nice to just do and I think when life gets really busy it can just feel so overwhelming um yeah I like that we record at the end of the week because it's nice to look back on kind of what's what's gone on through the week like the ups and the downs and to reflect as cheesy as that sounds well I so I was thinking this week about um it's it's just gone so quickly and at the start of the week I had to do a presentation at work and and anyone I say this to is always surprised and I appreciate why it might be shocking but I hate presenting like I can't put into words my hatred of presenting to a point where like I break out in a full body sweat I can feel my heart beating in my chest I'll be fully anxious all day I hate it but in order to get me over this fear I've said I'll do more speaking because frankly the only way I'm going to get over it is by making it normal Getting out of your comfort exactly. zone. Yeah. Exactly. Practicing what we preach. Um, but it went really, really well. And I had some really lovely feedback. And I was like, God, that was only the start of the week. And I'm at the end of the week, like, oh, have I achieved a lot this week? And I was like, actually, yes, I have. And it's been so manic that I hadn't even stopped to give myself credit for that. Yeah, you totally should give yourself credit. Everyone should be celebrating all their wins throughout the week, whether it's big or small. You should always be celebrating them. For sure definitely like to celebrate the small ones but yeah have you been up to anything else um I went hiking last weekend I think I mentioned that I was going on the last episode yes yeah we hired a car went on a road trip went hiking went to a few towns and villages that we've not been to before and went to a brewery and saw a gig there and stuff yeah it was really really nice and then because it's been really really busy and just manic and I've got a conference next week and then my parents are coming to Australia for a month so it's going to be really busy so I decided this week I would treat myself to a massage which you bought me the voucher for for my birthday way back in September and I've been deliberately saving it for a time when I knew I was going to really need it and really appreciate it and it was so good it was so painful (laughs) but in the best way possible well because it's like remedial massage so it's supposed to be like working those like muscles and the tensions and the aches and pains so it's not just like a relax what well, is a relaxation thing but it's also like a 
let's try and get those knots yeah. out for you. Um, so it was really nice. It was a full hour. I don't think I've ever had a full hour massage before. It's usually been like maybe 40 minutes. So maximum. I always used to do like, this makes it sound like I'm bougie and have massages every week. I don't, but I would always only ever book in for like half an hour if I was treating myself. And then I think it was like Alex's yeah. mum to me. It was like, just do it less frequently, but get the hour. Cause it's like half an hour in, you are fully relaxed. Like that's the point at which you relax. So if you're then having to think like, oh, I've got to get up in a second and get dressed again, or you then have to like quickly get up, it kind of takes away from the moment. So there's no point in doing it for yeah, that's an so hour. True. And then after that, I was like, oh God, she's so right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I really want to go back. And the guy was really nice. As well. And they take, I just like the whole experience. It's going into it way too much. But the whole, like, you arrive and they give you a cup of tea. And Aww. then they chat to you about, like, the problem areas and what you really want to, like, identify and resolve. It's just a whole nice experience. So, I'm so pleased because yeah. booking somewhere online like that is quite tricky. And I researched a yeah. lot of places in Melbourne. But I just got a really <laughs> good vibe from that place. And the decor. Oh, my God, the decor looked gorgeous. I won't lie. <laughs> It was really nice in there. And it's, it was like a house kind of, but yeah, like oh, it was really pretty. So yes, thank Aww. you very much. I You're more really than welcome. It. Um, do we want to move on to recommendations for this? Yes. Week? Do you want to kick it off? Um, so my first recommendation this week is actually fitness related. And I came across it here in Australia, but I have done my research and I've made sure that it is actually all over the world, which is very nice to see. Um, and it's something called Class Pass. I don't know if you've heard yes. of it. Yes, I really want to do this. I keep hearing so many t- people talk about it. So it's such a good idea, especially if you're anything like me, whereas I like a bit of yoga, I like a bit of Pilates. Sometimes I might want to do like a boxing fitness class or I don't know, I might want to do a hit session or a spin class. But I never want to do the same thing for like week after week after yeah, week. And I get bored. the good thing about, yeah, exactly. So the good thing about Class Pass is you buy credits. And then with those credits, you you basically pay for your classes. And the classes are all on the website or on the app. Definitely book it through that app. It's a lot more straightforward. And it's any kind of fitness centers, um, yoga studios, Pilates studios, any fitness places in the area that have signed up they advertise their classes on there and you can use your credits to buy classes so I have had a look that because it's very popular in Australia and in the UK it's in certain cities so it's in London Edinburgh Bristol Manchester Brighton and somewhere else I can't remember um but you can basically sign up and also they do a really great free trial a 14-day free trial completely free and you can take as many as six classes in 14 days so that's three Ooh. a week which is actually quite a lot um and then there's different plans available after that um depending on how much you want to do so the most basic one is 15 well I'm looking at the dollars one because it's Australian so this is maybe not that helpful but 15 dollars a month is six credits which is one class so if you're not going to do it that much you fancy doing a class once a month and that's fine The next one is $49 a month. That's 20 credits and it's six classes. So it just goes up and up. Bearing in mind, Australian dollars, cut it in half. So yeah, that one's 49. Because I feel like sometimes, especially if you're really busy or you're away for a lot of weekends or, you know, you meet people after work, I find it really hard to commit to one specific day that I can always do because you don't know what's going to happen. 
and you don't want to like miss the class and then think oh god I've wasted the money or anything like that like an exercise class should be fun and relaxing you don't want to be worried about getting there and yeah, I like the whole point of fast pass is to be flexible. So I'm going to take like, a look at that because I think as well, that's nice. If you know, you've only got like a couple months to use, it then becomes like a fun way to try something new as well, as opposed to just having to go to a yeah. workout. Exactly. That's how I did box. Like I did a couple of sessions of box fit because I looked at joining like the boxing, like fitness club here and it was so expensive. Whereas through this, I could pay the same price for a class as I could for a yoga class or for a spin class. Yeah, great. I'm going to give that a go. Oh, it's exciting. Really good. Um, What's your first recommendation? So I'm starting off with a book and full disclosure, I haven't finished the book yet, but I think it's one that is really appropriate for this podcast. And I think it is one that a lot of people who listen to this podcast would really, really like. Um, So I think we've shared a few things from the Instagram account, the Insecure Girls Club before on our Instagram page. Um, And I love Liv Purvis, who kind of manages the whole thing. She is a good egg. She really is. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has written the Insecure Girls Handbook, which and the tagline to this, which I think is brilliant. It says, join the club, then learn how to leave it. So good. I love that. I'm going to send you a picture of this book, too, because I feel like you will love it from like a booky publishing type perspective um but essentially it has I think it has six or seven different chapters and she covers different ways in which you might feel insecure within it she chats through her opinions it's got some stats in it it's got interviews with other people it has like a Q&A with someone who's more of an expert in the field than her and a lot of different perspectives in it and it's a really lovely book um I'm about I think about a quarter of the way through it and I wouldn't normally recommend a book that I'm so I'm not that far into but it's been such a comforting read because I think all of us feel insecure at some time regardless of your age regardless of your job regardless of how successful you're perceived all of us have had that insecure feeling so to read someone else talking about these things that you think are only ever in your head it is such a relief and it's just made me feel so much better and has made me think about things slightly differently. So I would highly recommend it's available on Amazon. It's also available on Oliver Bonus, Waterstones and all those kinds of places in the UK. I'm not actually sure internationally how available it is yet, but I will have a look. I imagine there will be an international release if it isn't already. I might see if it's on um, like Google Books and I might download it there. Yeah, it would be, do you know what? I don't know if there is an ebook for it, but it would be a really lovely book to listen to as well, I think. Um, I'm not sure if she's done the ebook. But it's just a really nice book. I think it'd make a really lovely present as well. Yeah. If you've got anyone in your life, I wish, it's the kind of book I wish someone had given me 10 years ago. And it's still so relevant now and it's so lovely now. But I think if I'd been like mid-teens and someone had given it to me, I probably would have just eye-rolled and been like, I'm not insecure, I promise. But (laughs) actually when I read it. That's the thing though, I've. Yeah, I feel like you appreciate it more now you're older and you do like those insecurities that you still have. Now you can identify that someone else has them. Whereas, yeah, if I'd if I'd have had something like that when I was younger, I would would have probably just been like, "Ah, leave me alone. I'm fine. um, It is a really lovely book and I would really recommend. And it isn't a super long book. Like it's broken down nicely into chapters um, and it's a few hundred pages. So, yeah, highly recommend. What's your next thing? So my second recommendation was going to be The Stranger on Netflix but I half recommended that last week so this week is another Netflix recommendation which possibly has been on the BBC in the UK um but it's the Dracula series and it's 
based on on the original book by Bram Stoker um, and is created by Stephen Moffat. So maybe it was on the BBC, but here it's on Netflix. Yeah, it was here. I think it was like end of, it was over the new year period and I didn't watch it because I'm a scaredy cat. And I was explicitly told not to watch it because I'd have nightmares. <laughs> See, I when I was looking it up today to talk about, it says that it's horror. And I don't, it's a little bit jumpy. I'd say it's more thriller than horror. I wouldn't actually say it's a horror thing. It's not that terrifying. It's almost like, I don't want to say slapstick because it's not, but it's it's that kind of fake gore where it's almost like slightly tongue-in-cheek, like making fun of itself. Almost like Tarantino-y, like it's so excessive. <laughs> kind of yeah to that point and they're like full disclosure I've only watched the first episode but it's three episodes long and an hour and a half each and the first episode is when you discover that Van Helsing is actually female and I absolutely loved that and um she's a nun and again a very like kind of dry sense of humor as a woman who's supposedly a believer in God but is actually out to fight vampires vampires yeah vampires I was about to be like is he a werewolf um (laughs) didn't you go to Dracula's home (laughs) well so this is part of the reason why I'm really enjoying it as well because it's actually filmed I don't know if they've all filmed it there probably a lot of it's done in a studio but the actual backdrop that they've used and a lot of the aerial scenes are actually of Bran Castle in Romania where I went so I like that they've actually used that location which is like famously the inspiration that Bram Stoker had for the original novel I think that's really nice that they've actually done that but whether you're watching on BBC or on Netflix I really recommend it I don't think it's too scary um and if you're a fan of the classic Bram Stoker novel I would definitely give it a watch what's your second recommendation so this is kind of the opposite to class pass it isn't massively accessible and it doesn't improve your health however um it's amazing (laughs) and I just I haven't stopped thinking about this meal I had since we had it two weeks ago in Bristol so we went to the coconut tree and there are two branches in Bristol but they're also in Bournemouth Cardiff Cheltenham and Oxford so there are a few dotted around the country and it's Sri Lankan cuisine, which I'd never had before, but it's kind of a tapasy style in that you just order a lot of small plates. So you get to try loads of food. They've got a really amazing vegetarian and vegan menu. Like it's very vegetable based, but there are also some neat options if you want them. But honestly, Alex and I were saying there, like we have not stopped raving about this place. And we were saying (laughs) that it's probably the best meal we've had in so, so long. Like we can't remember the time we had a meal that good. The atmosphere was amazing. Everyone was really friendly. The food was just out of this world. The price point was amazing. I think we ended up spending under 40 quid for both of us. And we had so much food, but we didn't have any like alcoholic drinks. Um, but it's just a really lovely restaurant. The food was amazing. Have the hopper. If you've not had a hopper, have the hopper. That was amazing. It's like mm. a coconut milk and like flowery pancakey type thing with spices in it that was amazing the chickpeas were great I had a pumpkin this is just so me you ready for this a pumpkin and turmeric curry <laughs> that is me and a curry if you've ever heard of something isn't it um this sounds good it was so 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 good I cannot recommend it enough and because it's a smaller more local thing it just felt it was nice to support like a smaller restaurant anyway but the one thing I would say is whatever you do book because when we went to Bristol back in the summer, we tried to get in on spec and we just couldn't. 
and we couldn't that was on the Friday night and we couldn't get in for the whole weekend so I would definitely book um but we booked for like I think eight o'clock on Saturday night and it was fine and we got the table for like an hour and a half which was plenty of time um but the food was just so good I can't stop thinking about it and we're trying to track some Sri Lankan food down that's a little bit closer to home than um Bristol because that's a bit far to go to be totally honest with you but it kind of Oxford's a bit closer yeah I think maybe we'll have to do a day trip to Oxford but it's similar it's not totally dissimilar to Mowgli which I know some of you recommended like a year ago Uh, I was actually thinking about Mowgli while you're describing it and it has got that kind of Mowgli-esque I don't know if it's all the small plates or just that you don't get loads of food but the food you get is absolutely amazing really nice atmosphere and it's like different takes on classic dishes. So yeah. I would highly recommend if you can't get to a coconut tree, then maybe try a Mowgli. That is a completely different cuisine. That's Indian, but still it's amazing. Um, <laughs> just to be clear, it's not Sri Lankan. But yeah, that is my second recommendation. If you can get to one, go and eat all the Sri Lankan food you can find. Or if anyone has a good no. Sri Lankan restaurant in London, please hook a girl up because I need to find one. I'm sure there are plenty. <laughs> <laughs> amazing should we move on to this week's topic yes so this week we wanted to talk about something that again we've touched on slightly before um but we wanted to really dive in a bit deeper and that is managing your own expectations and I think we've spoken about it before in terms of expectation versus reality and the comparisons that you make but this time we wanted to look at it in terms of making that differentiation between having goals and kind of having daydreams and how you pitch yourself and compare yourself against other people about where you think you should be in your life. And I think it does come down to managing the expectations you have and being realistic about the steps that you want to take to get there. Totally. I think, and we've touched on this before, I know that you kind of think, oh, well, at 25, I should be CEO and I should be, or I should, you know, whatever it is, you have these goals that you want to get to, but you kind of think you should get there immediately. And I think that just puts so much pressure on yourself. And it means that you don't enjoy every step along the way. And you think, oh God, I failed. I've not got to where I should be. But actually you're exactly where you should be you're just at a different point like that article said last week you're just at a different point in the process and I think it's something we're both coming to realize a little bit more and kind of by managing our own expectations you enjoy it a bit more as well yeah and I think what you said there is actually really important because I know we've both done it we should be CEO before we're 30 the reason that we're thinking like that is because we've seen or have crossed paths with someone at some point, whether that's in real life or online or in a magazine article, we've crossed paths with someone who has done that. And because we're ambitious people, we've decided that that's the benchmark we should be working towards. And the reality is that there's that 1% of people who have got there, but you have no idea how, what they've sacrificed to get there or what they've gone through. And how many other people do you know who are a CEO before they're 30? Like it is a very small percentage, but you're comparing yourself to that one person that you've seen and you just can't know the path that they've taken. I think that's so important to be aware of. 
I'm really starting to realize this more and more that their path isn't your path and that's fine like it's just not your story and I think if you see those people it can be so inspiring because you think okay that is something that can be achieved and it's definitely not taking away from those people how hard they've work, worked and what they've sacrificed. But to your point, you don't know what they've given up to do that. You don't know what their circumstances are. You don't know what they've done. Like I often feel a bit like, oh God, I should be further along in my career than I am. But actually I didn't start in this industry until I was what, 23, 24, no, 24, because I did something else before then. So if I'm comparing myself to someone who's been doing this job since they were 21 straight out of uni that's mad like of course those other people might be further ahead than me they've had more time at it it's about managing your expectations and being like okay I can still get to where I want to but it might just not be at the same point that someone else has that doesn't mean you're not still successful and you're not still on the right path and like ticking off those goals that you've got to kind of get to and those milestones to reach where you want to be Yeah. And I think it's really important because we're here saying managing expectations. We're not saying don't have dreams and don't have ambitions because you absolutely should. But I think what we're trying to say is you need to be realistic about them. And exactly as you said there, if you didn't start in your dream career until you were 24, realistically, how are you going to be a CEO by the time you're 25? That's actually not. Oh, yes, that is a fair point. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually not possible. You do need to be realistic. And that article that I recommended in the last episode, actually, where the guy said, I don't know anyone who's successful who hasn't been at it for five years or more. Like, there's there's so many steps and so many processes, whether that's qualifications, whether it's just certain promotions or working your way up in a hierarchy, whatever it is, there is most likely steps that you have to go through and you just need to be realistic about what those are. Yeah, I think you can pick out all of your goals and what you want to do. And if you know you really want to do it, then that in itself is really motivating. But you do need that direction with it. Like you've just said, if you want the promotion for the end of the year, just work out what are the steps you need to do to get there because just wanting it won't be enough. And I think so actually in the Insecure Girls Handbook, the page I was reading yesterday had a piece on this and it was speaking to a woman who's an MP and well she's actually I don't think she's an MP she works in parliament and before that she was saying she really wanted to be an MP she wanted to be a really young MP she'd seen other women do it and it was really inspiring but when she got into it and started doing the work she realized why so many MPs are older because there are so many things you have to tick off in order to do the job well and actually sometimes you're better taking your time because it makes you more rounded and you more I don't say more qualified for your job but it gives you a better breadth of experience to draw on yeah absolutely and it's it's almost like this the saying of don't run before you can walk there's so many things that you need to factor in and especially if you're thinking of a specific career path and you know that there's an end goal of being in some sort of managerial position or even if it's something more vocational, like you want to, I don't know, be an accountant or practice law, whatever that is, those are awesome goals to have. But there are qualifications, there are processes that you have to go through, there are, you're going to have to go up against a lot of people. And I think, again, managing those expectations of this is not going to be easy at all. But if that's your goal, you should already... You should already be realistic about what those steps are, 
how difficult it's going to be and the challenges you're going to have to go through to get there because I think that's all part of the managing the expectations process as well definitely and it's about having that consistency isn't it and saying these are the goals this is what I need to do repeatedly to get me to that place and that's how I'm going to kind of fulfill that ambition because I read a really good thing yesterday actually that was saying about how you're not always going to be motivated that you can love something and you can really enjoy it, but you're not always going to feel really, really motivated to do it, even if you want that end goal. So you've then got to kind of have the things in place, say, okay, these are the goals, these are the steps, these are the things I have to do and break it down. Because if you know what they are, if your motivation's lacking, you kind of already have that guide in place. Whereas if you don't have that laid out and then you lose that motivation for a while, which happens because that's life, you can then go, oh, well, I'm not where I should be. And I don't even know how to get started again. And well, I failed. But actually, none of that's true. You just need to put the things in place. If you have a slip up, you can get back on the horse and kind of be a bit more realistic about where you are and what you still need to do. Yeah, I feel like it's really, again, I don't want it to sound like a downer because it's not. But like, I think it's so important to, to differentiate between what is a maybe a bit yeah. of a dream or and what's an ambition because I feel like with an ambition you really do need to have that strong desire whereas yeah. a dream is more of a bit of like an idle kind of almost like an imaginary kind of bit like a fancy isn't it like just whereas an ambition you've got something that's more solid and I feel like you need to really differentiate between those because at the end of the day, it also comes down to knowing that you're on the right path and you don't need to know that instantly, but you need to know when you found the right path, that that's the one you want and the challenges that you're going to face along the way. This all sounds very philosophical, but I think it does come down to having those plans in place. And I just was not as aware of that when I was probably 19, 20 than I am totally now. And especially in terms of, yeah, in terms of publishing, I thought straight out of uni, I'll get a job at one of the top five publishers in London. I know we've (laughs) always discussed this before about how we both instantly thought we'd be in London and on some ridiculous salary that neither of us would be able to earn and straight out of uni. I mean, we were on ridiculous salaries, but for the opposite reason. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I think that's because even though I'd done my research and I knew I wanted to work in publishing, I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand how hard it was. And I wasn't prepared for the fact that I was going to have to apply for about 50 jobs before I got the right one. And if I'd have managed my expectations more at the start and realised I could not afford London straight out of uni, I could not go into the dream job I wanted because there was about 2000 applicants for every position. I didn't know these things and I just had to become more informed about them. And that's what helped me manage my expectations. So I do think that that level of information, I don't know whether it's comes with maturity probably, or if it's something that you just learn along the way. I think that's really true as well, because then you can separate the emotion from the situation as well. So if you, when you didn't get the jobs at the big five, you could then go, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. And that's a me thing. But I'm not a failure because of it. Like I haven't, you've not failed. And it isn't that you aren't good. It's just there was someone better. And actually, if you're up against 2000 other people, statistically speaking, there will be someone better. And then you can kind of yourself up and move on. Whereas if you think, well, actually, I should have done this. And therefore, I failed and I'm no good because of it. That's such a horrible feeling to have. And just not 
true, frankly. So by having being able to manage that expectation, you can kind of remove some of the horrible emotion from it. Yeah, and I guess that's where the ambition comes in as well, because I knew that I wanted to work in that field. And once I'd had that taste of what it was really like, I was able to manage those expectations a lot more and almost kind of take a step back and say, okay, I'm going to have to go through all of these interviews, all of these processes, and it's it's going to be tough. But I think that's almost why I put it all in a spreadsheet, because it was just very in black and white in front of me. I could tick it off or I could strike it through when it was done whatever it was I think you need to find your way that works for you to manage those expectations especially if it does have that emotional factor as well definitely and I think we've spoken so much about career here but it isn't just career I think it's just life goals as well like maybe it's buying a property or I know one that I've had a lot is my relationship like me and Alex had wanted to move in together years ago and we haven't been able to do that because of so many other external factors and hopefully that's going to change soon but I think in that process I've got a lot better at managing my expectations and going okay well maybe it won't be this picture perfect thing that I've been dreaming of and it will look different but that doesn't mean it's not great and I think it's just managing expectations in other parts of your life as well because I think sometimes we think our careers will be the only parts that are difficult and that we have to push forward to and we have really high expectations in I know people who want to be like the most perfect parent and have these aspirations of having lots of children in this wonderful home life and externally you can easily say like oh my god they are wonderful parents but that's really easy for me to say that doesn't mean that in that situation they don't feel like maybe they've not hit their expectations that they thought they'd be doing like And I think it's something that follows you throughout life. I know I definitely would, well, not definitely, but I would probably be one of those parents who'd be like, what do you mean a week after giving birth? I can't go to five different baby classes and my baby isn't fluent in five different languages and I don't look like, I don't know, a Victoria's Secrets model. What do you mean? I think as soon as we will start kind of having these discussions about how we all have to manage our own expectations a bit better, you don't feel as guilty either for not being where you thought you might be at any given time. Yeah, I think that's really true. And it's definitely one we've discussed before in terms of expectations about certain life markers on where you think you should be, especially in comparison to where you see everyone else is. But again, if you have your own clear path in mind, it's not that you're saying you don't want to buy a house or have a family or whatever it might be. But if you're kind of ambitions and not just career ambitions but if your kind of life trajectory that you're thinking of is different from that then that's how you manage your own expectations rather than comparing yourself to someone else use that kind of management of your expectations to say that's not for me right now but maybe it will be in five ten years time I think that's something that's really important to bear in mind as well just in terms of life progression I think as well one thing is that we have all these expectations of where we should be and what we should be doing and how much we should have achieved but our kind of the landscape of what life is like now not just career-wise but generally you have so many more options there's so much more flexibility you can do so much more that sometimes opportunities might arise that you would never even considered so you might take that and that might be brilliant but it might mean that you don't 
you're not quite where you thought you would be in another area of your life. And I think then you kind of think, oh my God, I failed. But actually what you did was take a different option that has led to great things. So sometimes where you want to get to might not actually be, like it might not look like how you imagined it. And you've sort of got to go with it a bit as well. Like I have goals and ambitions and things I want to achieve and I have like an idea of how I'm going to get there. But I think particularly in the past, like maybe 12 to 18 months, I've become a lot more open to the idea that maybe it won't look exactly how I imagined it. And that's quite free. Yeah. I think that comes down to like changing how you define success. Definitely. Because again, when we're younger, we thought success meant being a CEO before you were 30. Whereas I don't like now for me, like success is if I'm doing something that I'm like I'm happy doing and I'm challenged doing and if there's a factor of travel in there that's even better if it's something creative and to me if I can strike a balance between all of those things and getting that challenge and enjoyment out of whatever I'm doing whether it's career related or whether it's just my life progression in general whatever that is that's now I feel like a bit more what I mean in terms of success so I feel like having your own definition of success I guess it's figuring out what's going to make you happy at the end of the day but in terms of like your progression I think as well there is that pressure that like life is so fast-paced and we can do so much like kind of just what I was saying there are so many options now and that is definitely a good thing but then you feel like you should do it all and therefore you have to do it all and you should take more on and more on and more and to get to that point of success or where you want to be earlier I know I've definitely felt that I'm like well of course I should have my job have a podcast have a blog you know travel do all of these things and actually maybe if I look at what um I actually really want I need to manage my expectations a little bit better in terms of like my time and what I can actually achieve and do well yeah well I think that links back to what we were talking about last week in terms of setting boundaries I think it's very similar to managing expectations, what other people expect of you, what you expect of yourself. I think having those boundaries in place and being aware of what your limits are relates really well to managing the expectations that you have in certain areas of your life. Definitely. I really agree. I think that's a nice place to leave it for this fortnight. We really hope this has been helpful in terms of managing expectations and how you think of your own success because I think we can all be our own harshest critics can't we I always say if I make a mistake or even if I don't make a mistake no one ever needs to be harsh to me about it because I will be a hundred times harsher to myself and I think when it comes to our own goals we can all be our own worst enemy in that um yeah yeah, hopefully you found some comfort in knowing you're not the only one yeah definitely and as always we would love to hear your own experiences or any feedback that you have um, you can get in contact with us either via email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com or you can get in touch on our instagram page instagram.com forward slash 20s are hard and as always we would love for you to rate review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on whether that's spotify acast or apple podcasts because it helps other people find the podcast it does it really does do you know what i know people have been rating and reviewing and it has helped more people find the podcast it really works guys it's not just one of those things people say um so we are always very very grateful but we hope you enjoyed this episode stay tuned for more 
and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye.